Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am genuinely so excited that you are tuning in today. Wild Hearts is for those who are passionate about diving deep, keeping it real, reclaiming their passions, and getting after the things that they were made to do without apology. In each episode, I sit down with a fellow Wild Heart to talk about life, travel, faith, and everything in between. So let's dive in. Hey guys, I am so excited that you guys are tuning in today. I'm sitting down with my new friend, Denica Spadafora, and we are going to be talking about a topic that I am super excited to dive into and that she is super experienced in and super passionate about. And I feel like it's just this kind of beautiful hybrid between travel and health. Um, Clearly, if you looked at the title of this episode, you know that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Um, But I think that that's something that people get tripped up on a lot when they go traveling, how to stay healthy between what they're eating, what they're doing, the way that they're the way that they're traveling can make a big difference, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, I'm just really excited to be sitting down today with Denica and I want to introduce you guys to her. So hi, Denica. Hi, thank you so much (laughs) for having me. Yes, I'm so pumped to talk about this topic. This is something that I just am super passionate about and have had a lot of different experiences with. I can speak to like the good sides and the bad sides of it. And yeah, just so excited to chat with you. Me too. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Well, why don't you go ahead and take a few minutes to just introduce yourself, share a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your history with traveling, because I think, I mean, I know you're going to go into that a little bit more later, but I know you've done a lot of it, which is so awesome. Um, Where you live, what you do, all that sort of stuff, maybe even a fun fact. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like you said, my name is Denica, and I originally am from Evergreen, Colorado, which is like right outside of Denver. So I grew up in the mountains, spending lots of time outside and have always loved that. I currently live in Richmond, Virginia with my husband and our sweet golden retriever, who we love very, very (laughs) much. Um, But yeah, I like right now I work in like kind of the health and wellness space. So I have a company called Stand Unshaken and it's all just about kind of adopting a holistic health lifestyle. So we Mm. talk a lot about how to have like a healthy relationship with your body, how to create healthy routines around exercise and nutrition, your relationships, and just how all of that really ties in to health. And a big reason that I'm so passionate about that is because with my, like my lifestyle over the past (laughs) seven, eight years has been insane. Just so much travel, moving from place to place like constantly. And I just really realized that if I didn't have intentional routines and habits that could travel with me and like adapt to different locations that I was living in, things like that, like my health would just tank. And so I started being really mindful about what does it look like to create a healthy lifestyle that Mm -hmm. is just like consistent, it's routine, but it still feels exciting and flexible and all of that. And so for me, it was really kind of in response to my lifestyle of traveling and moving around. But I learned that even people who have that consistency, like live in one place, really still are kind of struggling to create those habits. And so that's like, I am so big on habits and just finding ways to integrate health into like every day of your lifestyle, whether you're at home, you're on the road, whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like. Um, So I absolutely love what I get to do. We have like a membership, which was also kind of born out of like the travel was that I, you know, I'm a yoga instructor and I teach other fitness classes as well. But with travel, I couldn't do that consistently to like the same group of people because I was always moving. So now inside of the membership, I get to teach to the same group of people, you know, all the time. And I loved having that space. And we have a handful of people in there who like are van lifers or things like that. And they're like, I love getting to have a consistent community that I can take with me Mm -hmm. on the road and all of that. So it really, again, was like, this company was born out of kind of a response to the things that I was wanting and looking for with the way that I love health and love travel. And just getting to share that with other people who get it has been super fun. But yeah, I, I graduated high school in 2013. And since then have moved pretty much like every three to six months, um, which would be now eight years um, up until COVID. (laughs) So my (laughs) husband and I moved to Richmond at the beginning of March, and then we have taken like some small trips since then. So I don't know when this will go live, but it's been, you know, just over a year that we've Mm -hmm. been pretty settled, which has been really different for us, um, but was like a much needed break after just so much moving for so many years. So mm-hmm. although now the world's opening back up and we're like ready to hit the road again. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little bit about me and what I love and what I do. That's awesome. And also so relatable. Now that the world is opening back up, I'm like trying to figure out where to go and for how long and how many trips I can pack in through the end of the year. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit overwhelming after because you feel like you're kind of out of 
out of practice. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you're like a, you know, pretty consistent traveler, um, yeah. any kind of digital nomad of any kind, if you're able to work while you travel, you kind of get used to planning yes. out X amount of time ahead of time. And then you're just, you know, constantly yeah. in that cycle, but to be out of it for over a year, really, then yeah. you're trying to get, you're like, oh no, <laughs> have I lost all of my skills? And then you plan one trip and you're like, oh no, I still got it. We're back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's giving me kind of an awareness to like the way that other people would respond when they would see me traveling all the time. Be like, that must be exhausting. How do you do that? But you're, when you're in it, mm-hmm. it's just your lifestyle and it's what you do and you adapt. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, like to pack everything up again and like go back on the road. Like I see the parts of that that can be intimidating to other yeah. people. So I feel like it's helped give me a better perspective because again, like I was, as soon as I graduated high school, I left a week after graduation, just kept moving and moving and moving. And so mm-hmm. you don't really think about Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think about it that much when it's just what you're doing, but it is kind of hard to get back into the groove. Yeah, you're so right. I was even i've I've been taking some moments over the last couple of weeks just to like look around my house mm-hmm. and think about how I didn't used to own any of that when I was traveling, yeah. and now I have all this stuff. And I don't know. I'm I'm I err more on the side of minimalism. I wouldn't call mm-hmm. myself a minimalist, 100. Yeah. percent But I definitely err on the side of some simplicity and simple living. And so sometimes I look around and I don't even have that much, but I'm like, it's too much stuff. Like it, it just feels like yeah. it's like keeping me where I am. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel the exact same way. I've experienced <laughs> that so much. I joke that other people have like retail therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have get rid of stuff yeah, therapy. Purging. Like when I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, what can I possibly get rid of? And my husband's always like, no, calm down. Like we need these things. But it is when you've gone for so long yeah. with essentially a suitcase, it's like, I have six books. That feels really excessive. You know, it's, it's strange. Are we the same person? Because I kind of think so. Yeah. I do the same thing. I have like purging parties where I'm like, okay, yes. what can I get rid of a like pull out bags for goodwill yes. or for donation centers and just drop all the things in. Yeah. And then I hit points where I can't do it anymore. So I ask my friends, I'm like, hey, do you need help going through your closet or anything? Cause oh, I love that. It, like it's like an adrenaline rush, which probably isn't the most healthy thing. But anyway, totally relatable. I totally get it though. Yeah. And packing is harder. I found like I'm just taking little trips and I'm like, why is packing so much harder for me all of a sudden? I have more clothes. I don't even have that many. Like some of my friends Mm -hmm. would say my closet is very stark, but packing is harder now. And I'm like, oh no, I like miss the simplicity really of living out of a suitcase and only having the essentials with you. So I've been finding over the last few weeks, um, like kind of reflecting on and considering new ways of like paring down more to what Mm -hmm. really is essential with a couple, you know, fun things because you need a little little bit of that in life. But then even having a dog now too, I'm like, well, I have so much more stuff because I have a dog. And Mm -hmm. if I take my dog with me anywhere, that's like two more bags of things I need to bring. I totally understand it. It is really cool to find ways to adapt that, like the simplicity that you are required to have when you're on the road to find ways to bring that back home. I feel like it, even though I still can be like, oh, we have so much stuff. Like we really are very minimal with a lot of what we have. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been like cool to kind of adopt that mindset of like, how can we keep things really simple and straightforward, Mm -hmm. even when we have the opportunity to acquire more? Um, I feel like it's something everybody could learn to practice. That's a podcast episode in and of itself. 100%. (laughs) Like just all about that. Okay. So obviously you've said you've traveled a lot. Where is your favorite place you've ever been? Which I know is like such a hard question to answer, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. But where's your favorite place you've ever been? And then maybe I know you guys are starting to plan some more travels now. Where's somewhere you're really wanting to go? So anytime someone asks me my favorite place I've been, I usually kind of break it down into categories. So my (laughs) favorite city in the whole world is Paris. Mm. I just absolutely love it. I know Paris kind of gets like mixed reviews, but I, I went for the first time with my family when I was like, 11 mm-hmm. and was just like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. Like decided to study French in high school, like couldn't wait to get back. But then I kind of had this fear of like, is it going to live up to how I built it up in my head? And so I went back after I graduated high school and like fell in love with it just the same way I had before. And so that is my favorite city. I go back as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my favorite country as a whole is probably Italy, mm-hmm. especially my husband. He was a chef um, throughout college and kind of outside mm-hmm. of college. And so he loves food. So getting to go there and kind of experience the Italian culture. My family is also Italian. Mm-hmm. My last name Spatafora sounds very Italian. <laughs> um, so that's probably my favorite country that I've been. As far as places that we're looking to go, Um, we are considering going to Portugal for a few months next year. I have been once and absolutely loved it. And so I really want to kind of take my husband back there and we'll take 
for me going back, take him for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just like, I love the beach, love to surf and Portugal has such a fun mix of all of that. So that is a place that we're hoping to get back to sometime within the next year. Oh, that sounds amazing. Portugal was, I only went to Lisbon and I know there's Mm -hmm. so much more to see in Portugal. So I would love to go back, but it was on my first big Europe trip. I started in the UK, I started in London. My aunt lives there. Um, So I spent, I think like a week or so with them, which was a great starting off point for like my first solo trip. Mm-hmm. especially internationally um, at that scale. I had done Canada, but that didn't really feel yeah. as, you know, as, as um, foreign, as I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Lisbon was the first city I went to on my own and I loved it. And I made so many mm-hmm. friends. I was only there for a few days, but um, I made so many friends staying in the hostel that I was in, um, who I still yeah. keep in touch with today on social media and have visited so even cool. a few of them, which is so cool. So I, would love to explore more of Portugal. So if you guys end up going, you best believe I'll be following along and like saving Come visit. all the posts. Come with us. Ooh, wait. We're together. Oh no. Okay. Well, that's now in my brain. So we'll talk about that offline. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, I am really excited to just jump right into this topic. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot about travel already because I couldn't contain mm-hmm. my excitement, um, <laughs> clearly. But um, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing more about how to stay healthy while you're traveling. I. Um, um, actually, I know a lot of us like kind of struggle. Well, maybe I'll just speak for myself. I know I struggled during COVID with um, eating a lot more than normal and like indulging. I shouldn't say eating a lot more, but like indulging because it was a re- yeah. it was a hard season for all of us in different ways. Um, and while I know there was a, a phase in there where everyone was like walking all the time, everyone was like get outside in any capacity that you can. I think that the like consensus overall is that people don't feel as healthy as they may have before Mm -hmm. COVID. Um, And I know for me, I spent two years traveling. And so not only was I moving more, I was walking almost every day. Um, So I was exercising more, but I also feel like I was eating more intentionally. Like it wasn't sitting and snacking on something. It was like, oh, I was out and about in a city. So I ate when I was hungry, not when I was just bored or thought I should eat. Coupled with, I just think the food in Europe is of better quality than it is in the oh, U.S. Absolutely. So no I felt like, you know, I was eating less stuff like pesticides and mm-hmm. um, what's all the other stuff? The artificial ingredients and all that yeah. nastiness that I think Americans just ignore. Mm-hmm. Or also the FDA. Anyway, there's that's a whole other conversation as yeah. well. But, um, you know, I think that a lot of us in this season is we're the world's opening back up and we're getting back out there. We're traveling. We're doing things that we haven't been able to do in this last year, year and a half. Um, we're not feeling as great mm-hmm. about our bodies or, uh, and you know, how our bodies, it affects the way we, um, like it affects our moods, our emotional health, all those totally. sorts of things. So um, I know you already kind of talked a little bit about what inspired you to found your company. Um, but I would love to hear just a little bit more of the backstory. Like how did you get into being a yoga teacher and being so passionate about holistic health? Um, and then maybe why did you end up calling your business what you called it, which is stand mm-hmm. Shaken? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, right after high school, I moved to Manhattan. That was my first stop. Mm-hmm. And I was working in, as a dancer, training at a dance studio there. Loved to dance. I danced throughout. I did gymnastics when I was younger, then switched to dance when I was in high school. And, um, you know, was in New York for that season. Eventually was like, you know what? I love dance, but I love so much more than just that. And anybody who is in the arts can probably verify this, that like, if you want to be in that world, like that is it. Like you just have to be so all in. And I was like, I just love travel so much. Like I love getting to move around, having that flexibility. And so stopped dance, left, was traveling for a while. And then it was actually right after my husband and I got married, we were going to South America for six months and um, we were backpacking. So like literally one backpack for the whole time, like very kind of, you know, what you picture when you think of backpacking. And I decided to bring a yoga mat. I had done yoga like a little bit in the summer. I did a little bit of yoga at my dance studio, but like very casually. Um, But as a way to stay fit, I was like, well, I guess I can bring this mat. And then it's just like, I'll have something since I wasn't going to have any equipment. Um, A lot of the places we were going to be in weren't like tremendously safe. So I certainly wasn't going to be going like for runs by myself or anything like that. So brought this yoga mat and ended up practicing almost every single day that we were on that trip. Um, And so I just like really started to fall in love with it. It reminded me so much of dance in the way that it's very kind of like fluid and just the way that it requires strength and flexibility and all of that. But what I personally really found through it was 
this ability to kind of slow down and quiet my mind in a way that I hadn't ever experienced before. I'm very like type A, if you're an Enneagram person, I'm a three. And so very motivated Mm -hmm. by like, you know, success and achievement, my to-do list and all of that. And I had really struggled to ever find that space to just kind of slow down. And so for me with my faith, it really helped me to connect with God in a different way that I just hadn't been able to kind of find through some of the more traditionally talked about practices within like the Christian church. And so yoga kind of became this space that was just really special for me physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, in all these different ways. Um, but what I found again is as a Christian that there weren't a ton of resources for Christians to practice yoga. And I have done a handful of podcasts where I've talked about, you know, there's a lot of controversy around Christians practicing yoga. Um, and that's not something I will get into here, but there weren't a lot of resources available. So my first company was actually called Unshaken Yoga. And it was really just meant to help Christians learn how to practice yoga. And I kind of started putting out videos and doing that. And when I started that, there was no intention of making it a business like whatsoever. I didn't know what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do, but I just thought, oh, this is like a fun thing that's changed my life. I just want to share it with other people. And I really kind of quickly saw like a response to that and was like, oh, wait a minute, this actually could be Mm -hmm. my job. So I sort of took a step back and just was like, okay, I'm going to try and do this whole thing, like be an entrepreneur, start my business. What would I really want to teach about. Mm -hmm. And that was when I started taking like, just looking at it through a broader perspective and was like, what are the things that have changed my life that have helped me to find, you know, this routine of health that I just feel really good about. I struggled when I was in high school with like an eating disorder, had had some times in my life where I just really unhealthy relationships with my body and with food and health and all of that. And had finally gotten to a point where I just felt so good. And I was like, okay, how can I expand unshaken yoga to really encompass all the different things that have helped change my life? So that's where Stand Unshaken came from, was kind of that expansion beyond just yoga into talking more about faith, other styles of you know movement, incorporating nutrition, building out the membership to really bring a community element into the work that I did, um, and all of that. The, the name came from a verse in Psalm that says, um, for the Lord is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And so I just love that idea of, you know, when we keep our gaze fixed on the Lord, like we have this stability and this consistency in life that is just hard to find otherwise. And so that's really where the name came from. And I just carried it from Unshaken Yoga into Stand Unshaken and just this idea that, you know, when you have healthy routines, when you're caring for your body properly, you have this foundation that you can build upon. I think a lot of people are really concerned about trying to build a life when they don't have a solid foundation of like, I love who I am. I feel connected to the people in my life. I feel connected to the Lord. Like I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. It's really hard to build if you don't have that. And I know because I tried and it did not work. Um, So that's really kind of the whole mission is just to help equip people with that solid foundation so that whatever you go and do in life, like you are settled and you are solid in in that Mm -hmm. regard. That's awesome. And it's fun to kind of hear the story of how it came to be because like as a total bystander, I can see just all those little stepping stones that brought you into the space that you're in now. Um, Like little Ebenezer's of God just being faithful to like just nudge you in the right direction every step of the way, which is really cool. Um, Yeah, it really was a wild journey, just like how it happened. Like I say, I had no idea where God was taking me. It was mm -hmm. just like one step at a time. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, all of that, like even the travel and, you know, all the things that I struggled with, like they fully led to this space. And it's Mm -hmm. just really cool to see that kind of become illuminated. Mm -hmm. Well, clearly, clearly you're passionate about like balanced, healthy lifestyle. Like that's just really important to you. How would you define healthy living? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest disconnect that I see for a lot of people is when they think of health, they think of exercise and diet. Mm-hmm. And we like intentionally at Stand and Shake and don't even use either of those words. I call it movement and nutrition because I think that that small shift kind of speaks to the greater picture of what health is, which is health, like true health encompasses all areas of life. There have been times in my life where I was exercising perfectly, my diet was great, and I was not healthy. Um, And I think that's the thing that I I see in other people is they're like, I thought if I got my, you know, exercise and diet under control, if I was, if I looked the way I wanted to look, then I would be happy and healthy. And then you get there and you realize, wait a minute, this isn't actually it. And so what I really talk about is even though we're trying to educate people about how to eat well, how to care for your body well, the overall message and what I really think defines health is being at peace and having joy in all areas of your life. And so if your habits aren't contributing to your overall peace and joy, then they're not really serving your health. 
you might be, you know, you might weigh less or you might be stronger, but you're probably not your healthiest self. And so what we really focus on at Stand and Shaken is called the five pillars of holistic health. So it's movement, nutrition, faith, community, and identity. And of course, there are kind of lots of little like micro areas within that. But I believe that if someone can have healthy routines in each of those five areas, that you'll be experiencing like really true abundant health and just a lot more joy and peace in every single day. So that's the definition that I teach. And also the kind of scale that I use to measure my own health is like, where am I getting out of whack? Like maybe I'm putting too much emphasis towards one thing when I need to be really investing more time in my relationships right now, things like that. So, Mm. Gosh, that's so good. I literally, I don't know if you just saw me, but I was like, had to write things down. (laughs) I love that. that, I love that. Um, that really intentional shift in words from, you know, exercise and diet to movement and nutrition. Mm -hmm. That's what I wrote down. And I also wrote in case anyone else listening would like to take notes. I also wrote our habits should contribute to our peace and our joy, not detract from them. Um, yeah. That's the uh, summarized version of the beautiful way that you said great. it. But just that like, yeah, we have control, um, more control than we give ourselves credit for in mm-hmm. our day-to-day joy and contentment and peace um, yeah. simply by the decisions we're making, the routine decisions we're making, mm-hmm. what we're eating, how we're sleeping, um, how we're moving, um, yeah. And how we're resting, because rest is probably equally as important to all of those things. If we're constantly stressed out um, and on the go all the time, we're probably going to make decisions that we might not make if we were resting. Like we might Mm -hmm. decide to get food on the way, like, you know, fast food or something rather than, um, I don't know, taking that time to kind of create something that's more nutritious um, and probably actually would fill us more um, than something that, anyway, I'm just thinking like, yeah, what am I doing in my day-to-day life that could potentially be taking away from the joy and peace that is already mine um, Mm -hmm. as a believer but yep. if I'm making choices, I could potentially be making choices that are pulling away from those things in my day to day that just are so subconscious. I don't even realize they're happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talk a lot about just the intentionality and there's a quote that I love so much. It says, you don't have to be extreme, just consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is like the perfect summation of like what the approach is. I know that's like that. Everybody <laughs> needs to write that one down. You don't have to be extreme, just consistent. And I love that so much. There was a girl who wrote um, like kind of a little review about our membership and she said, you don't have to be like a yoga master or have three hours a day to change your life, like in 20 minutes. And it is just so true. Like 20 minutes of intentionality and some really small shifts can totally overhaul your life. Like I, when I was dancing, I was exercising like 10 hours a day. I was eating very minimally, like very clean to the extent that it was not healthy. And my, not only was I like way more unhappy, way more stressed out, but I, my body was not functioning nearly as well Mm -hmm. as it does now Mm -hmm. when I exercise 30 to 45 minutes, maybe three or four times a week. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I'm not over the top about it. And I think that's the thing that I want to encourage people. And that's why, like, I think when people travel is when they get out of that routine because they're like, oh, well, I can't be in the gym for an hour and a half. Like, well, you don't have to be just make these small shifts along the way, like choosing to walk instead of drive or, Mm -hmm. you know, picking this thing up instead of, you know, or I mean, bringing food with you rather than buying something out. Like Mm -hmm. all of those things really add up to make a huge difference to our overall health. Yes. Well, that was a beautiful segue Um, because (laughs) you've mentioned that you have traveled a lot. Um, I know you've visited over 40 countries. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And you, you even lived abroad for two years. Yeah. So the two years wasn't completely consistently. It was broken up in a couple. It was like three months, three months, six months, three months, kind of like scattered like that. So So it's probably been over two years, but yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Well, what originally inspired you? I know you did some traveling with your family when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. but like what inspired you to um, make that a priority in your life to be out there and exploring the world? Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I traveled a lot as a kid, which is something that I'm so thankful for. We did, you know, I I tell people that and they're like, oh, you must have had a ton of money. I'm like, well, you should meet my mother. She is incredibly thrifty. Everybody is like, I have little, like people I've met randomly that I'm like, oh, you need a flight? Call my mom. She'll find you the best deal. Like (laughs) she's the queen of that. And so, and that also really contributed to the way that we traveled because we did a lot of um, home exchanges. And so we went to, we did them in in England, France, Australia, 
I think Mexico, like, and we would switch homes with people. So they would come stay at our home in Colorado and we would go stay in their home. And so you save on the housing mm-hmm. costs while you're there. Usually you don't have to rent a car because you use the car of the people mm-hmm. who live there. And what was most important and what really showed me a different perspective on travel was you're staying in someone's actual home. We frequently mm-hmm. would meet their friends and spend time with your, their friends, you know, so you really feel like you're actually getting to step into this culture. And again, like if we had been paying to stay at a hotel, we maybe could have gone for a week. But we were mm-hmm. in all those places I just listed, we were there for a month or longer. And so, you know, it gave us the flexibility to be in these places um, for a longer period of time and really kind of experience the culture. And so I think that gave me a very different perspective on travel was travel for me was never about just go and see and have a checklist of things that you want to do. And not that there's anything wrong with that. But for me personally, like, I felt like I actually was experiencing these cultures. And I think particularly as a kid was like, wow, the life that we have back home is just one way to live. And there are these incredible mm-hmm. other options that are just so exciting. And so I have always loved feeling like when I travel, I get to step into a different culture and you know, experience life from a completely different perspective. And I've just always really loved that. And so I think I just continued to crave um, kind of seeking that out and then also wanting to go to new places and see these different ways that people were living. Um, and so, you know, mm-hmm. we've done some, you know, we kind of did like, more of your typical, my husband and I like Europe trip where we kind of went all around Italy and we were in Paris and things like that. But we also spent a month working at a hostel in a national park in Ecuador. Like I, I really love getting to have very different travel experiences that are like all over the world and all across the board. And I think it just contributes to having a totally different perspective on your life back home when you kind of challenge your habits and your routines because you're like, just because this is the way I've always done it, there are these other ways to do it. And maybe those ways are better. Like my husband, I mentioned, you know, he cooked. And so one of our favorite things is to have people come over. And it's like, if you come to our house for a meal, like it's going to be two or three hours. Like you need to know we're going to have multiple courses. We are going to sit here. Like no such thing as quick meals in our household when we're like with friends. Um, And so I think that travel has just really like the things I learned in these other countries have carried over into my life. And it just makes me want to continue seeking out like, what else can I learn? What else can I experience? How can I you know, challenge the way that I have always lived. So, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I love that. I mean, just to kind of echo what you're saying, when you go travel to a new place and you see the way that another culture or community does life and what is normal for them, it, mm-hmm. it, you do start to question like, huh, why do, why do I do things this way? Or why, why based on where I am, um, like, why do Americans, yeah, not get enough time off? Like, there's <laughs> so many questions. For real, yes, I do. <laughs> Another podcast episode. Let's just add that one to the list. Truly. One of my favorites is actually um, in Spain, they take like siestas, like midday breaks. They all Mm kind of shut down for an hour or two, sometimes even longer. And it's just like standard across like the town or the city and people rest and then they go back and then they have dinner at 10 p.m. Like it's kind of amazing. I loved being in I love it. I know. I love that too. (laughs) And the routine, I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. And then you get around a table in Italy and it is, it's an experience. It's not, you don't rush through it. You're having like deep conversations. You're getting to know one another. Um, It's an event. Like it is an event. So cool. Anyway, I love pulling those little things that you learn from visiting other people in other places and getting to live like a local, like it sounds like you were able to do in so many of those places. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of challenges you to like see what your life when you go back home, how that could look different and what little bits and pieces from each of these places that you visit you can take with you, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. Just like making your own little picture with all these different uh-huh. mosaics and different yes. places. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say it's like a mosaic or like a quilt, mm-hmm. like this really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's really cool. Absolutely. Um, well, I think one, I think a lot of people would agree who've, who've um, spent some time traveling. Like one challenge in traveling is like figuring out how to stay healthy. I know we've talked about, you know, walking instead of driving, or um, mm-hmm. I mentioned, you know, like you eat a little differently when you're traveling than when you're just at home all the time. But what are some things that um, that you would recommend people could do to prioritize their health while traveling? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, really the biggest thing that I contributes to our overall health is like our peace and our joy. Mm-hmm. And so if you're traveling and you're like, I have to only eat this way. Like I'm not going to enjoy that food because it's outside of what I normally eat back home or like, Oh no, I can't go see that thing. I have to make sure I have time to exercise. Like in my experience, those things really kind of 
detract from your health again. They're not helping you actually like become healthier. And so I think the best thing that people can do is to really look at like the situation, depending on where you're traveling. Like sometimes it's easy to like your hotel has a gym or like there's a beautiful running trail or things like that. It can be really obvious. But the biggest thing that I've realized is that I hold myself to a different standard when I'm traveling. So I don't expect myself to be, you know, to eat as clean and to exercise as frequently as I would when I'm back home. But I've also realized that if I don't do anything, that will start to really detract from my health as well. And so I just try to ask myself, like, what can I do within this new routine, within this new place to continue knowing that I'm taking care of myself without pushing it so far that I'm missing out on the experience that I have Mm. here? So one thing for me that I just like really try to protect is my time in the morning. And I'm, I'm lucky. I have always, ever since I moved to New York, I had to be up at five o'clock most days. I just like always loved being a morning person. So I love having my time in the morning. So when I travel, I know that if I just carve out 30 minutes before the day gets started to journal, read my Bible and move my body in some way that I will just be in a much Mm -hmm. better place emotionally throughout the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I really kind of prioritize and preserve. And it's like, okay, maybe I was up later last night, but I know that 30 minutes doing this to me will be more valuable than 30 minutes of sleep. But at the same time, if you're someone who like normally has a morning routine, but you're now you're in Spain and you're not finishing up dinner until like 1am, force yourself to wake up. Like if more sleep is what you need, then give your body that like respond to the situation. Um, So I think it really just comes down to knowing what helps you feel your best when you're at home and then finding ways to carry that into your trip, but also just like letting go of the stress and the pressure to be as healthy as possible. The first time that I went to Spain was just in full transparency, kind of right when I was really starting to struggle with an eating disorder. And I just remember being there and Mm. how many things I said no to, because I was like, no, like I I can't eat that or I can't eat that, you know? And um, I think I just really robbed myself of a lot of what that experience could have been because I was trying to think, oh, it's Mm. healthier for me to not eat those things and to, you know, focus on losing weight. Whereas now I've taken trips back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm just having fun. I'm enjoying myself. And I come back maybe like three to five pounds heavier, but I lose it as soon as I get back into my routine. And like, you know, my body still functions fine. I still feel good. And so I think your mentality around it is really the most important thing for people. I think a lot of people struggle with that all or nothing kind of perspective. And I would really encourage someone to find a way to adapt what works for you at home to your experience on the road, even if it's a little bit less or if it looks a little bit different, that kind of consistency Mm -hmm. just helps your body continue functioning the best. And really it's more of a mental thing. It helps you kind of still just feel at peace and be able to go out into the day and like have extra ice cream or do whatever it is that you want to do without stressing about it or having it be like a negative experience. Just speaking from personal experience, I'd love to hear like, what are some of your favorite ways that you have maintained healthy routines while traveling? And physically is one thing, but also I'd love to hear about like emotionally and spiritually as well. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) The biggest thing for me personally is journaling. I just love to journal. It's something that I do every single morning at home. And when you're traveling, it's like you have more content to write about, you know, because you're experiencing all these different things. So it's a great way to document your trip. But it also just kind of helps me to keep my thoughts straight, keep my mind centered and things like that. I can be a very kind of futuristic, like I'm always looking towards what's next. And okay, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do next week? Where are we going to go? Like, blah, blah, blah. It can get really out of control and journaling just really kind of forces me to be present with what I'm experiencing right then. And so I think it makes the experience a lot richer because sometimes I'll start journaling and I'll just be like, oh my gosh, like this thing that we did yesterday, it was so wonderful. Or like, wow, I'm so thankful for, you know, the way the light looks coming into the room right now. And Mm -hmm. I think it helps me really be present, which when you're traveling, is like the best gift that you can give yourself is to just really be where you are and not always worried about what's coming next. And so I think journaling is something that helps me not only keep my mind kind of clear and centered, but also helps me make the most of my trip. Um, my husband, for him, he just really needs like some time to be still and quiet. He is not the kind of person who it's like, wake up and we are like out the door, like on our way doing this, this and this. Like he likes to kind of have a little bit of time in the morning to sort of like gather his thoughts, to wake up, to get ready. And so it kind of works that I journal while he kind of gives himself that space. <laughs> but I think whatever it is, like giving yourself space to be present, to process what you're learning is so much better. Because a lot of us, you know, might think, oh, when I get home, I'll take some time and reflect back. But there's a lot that you miss if you're not really sitting with it at that moment. And so I think that for me helps me 
just in a lot of different ways. And, you know, with me, I usually write out my prayers. And so spiritual, emotional is kind of both connected to that same practice, but just really reminds me to like, be grateful for what I'm experiencing, what I'm doing, and then also move into my day with like a mindset of, you know, being mindful, keeping my thoughts focused on God, like all of that. I think having a centering practice that allows you to do that, whatever it looks like is really key to make the most of your time. I would definitely echo journaling because I, on that first, I did two big trips to Europe and the first one was kind of my typical European, like every three or four days, kind of like we talked about earlier, I was switching places every three or four days. And I knew that if I didn't document the things I was doing, the people I was meeting and the you know places I was going, I would lose it because it was just too much in such a concentrated amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like pictures, even some pictures I look back on, I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I know I could look up what that is, but I don't know what that picture is of or where it is or anything like that. And so I kept uh, a Google Doc because I brought my my laptop with me because I was working a little bit remotely. And Mm -hmm. um, so I had my laptop and every couple of days I would sit down, usually at the end of like each city, I would sit down and write down all the things. And it's, I haven't gone back to it in a while. So maybe I'll do that this weekend or something, but it's so fun to go back and read through um, and be reminded of all the things I did, the people I met, um, the places I stayed and even the heart, like there were some cities where I was like, why did I come here? I should have stayed in another place that I was in before, but there was just beauty to be found in all of it. And so getting to write it all down was so helpful. And I think too, yeah, it, it definitely affected, um, my mental and my emotional and probably my spiritual health in those moments too, because I could also see the way God was doing things. And now looking back on it, I can definitely see how God was doing stuff. Um, I'm also a like prayer writer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sounds weird, but I write my prayers as well because I get really distracted. Um, Mm in in just if I were just talking um and I mean it's kind of like what I was saying earlier before we started recording and I was like you know I write out questions because I know I can go on rabbit trails real easily same is true in my prayer life Mm -hmm. so writing things down I think I just process better too because I have to intentionally think a little bit more about what I'm writing and um yeah taking that into travels I had a little journal where I did that and it Mm -hmm. was so helpful to have um Yeah. And then with the physical, I know we have talked a lot about this, but it's a lot of figuring out what works for you at home and trying to bring that into your travels. So wherever you are, how can you take bits and pieces and make it work where you are? Um, And yeah, like we said too, you're going to be walking more probably. You're not going to just be sitting on, not that there's anything wrong with sitting on a couch. I do that every day when I work. Um, If I'm Mm -hmm. not on my desk, I'm usually on my couch, but like, you're not just like stationary. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. what I was looking for. You're not <laughs> stationary because you're go- you're out and about and you're doing things. Even mm-hmm. on days when you're on a road trip and you're in the car, you're moving. You might be sitting, but you're still moving. And so, yeah, um, yeah there's all those little things that really can play such a part in staying or at least establishing those kind of healthy routines that will help yeah. you not only um, feel better, but like probably enjoy your travels a lot more. Absolutely. And that's what I was thinking too, is like one thing that I really would encourage people to do is like to stretch, even if it's just for like five Mm -hmm. minutes, because like you said, a lot of us are not used to walking miles a day. And like my husband and I have tracked our mileage when we've traveled sometimes and we'll walk like, like in Paris one day, we walked like 18 miles. I'm like, we almost walked a marathon today, you know, in your body, if it is not used to that, which I don't know anybody really whose body is used to walking 18 miles a day. Like you can start to experience like low back pain and hip pain Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But if you just take 10 minutes at the end of the day, stretch, breathe, process, like you said, you're just going to be able to enjoy your trip better because when you go out tomorrow, your body's going to feel better. And so it's like you also are really maximizing your trip by intentionally caring mm-hmm. for your body in the times kind of in between, you know, those mm-hmm. long days of walking. So yeah, all those little things really add up to, I think, just change your overall like mood, your energy level so that you can enjoy mm-hmm. your trip to the fullest extent. Mm-hmm. I'm just giggling over here because I'm thinking about that first Europe trip I took. I brought, I mean, I packed pretty minimally. I had one suitcase mm-hmm. for four, four and a half months, but um, I brought, yeah, it was wild. But I, like I mentioned earlier too, I started in London. I also ended in London at my aunt's house okay. and I learned pretty quickly, like some of the things I brought, like especially shoes were not practical. Like they yeah. were very cute, 
they were not conducive to walking even a few miles a day. And so I remember leaving a couple pair of shoes at her house and I was like, I'll pick them up when I come back in four Mm -hmm. months. And it was so funny because then even on the second trip, I big trip I took to Europe, I brought a pair of trainers or sneakers and uh uh, thought they'd be fine and a few days in I was like these are not these are not gonna cut it and so I went and got shoes and those served me through the rest of my trip so um yeah footwear is always the trickiest with long travel the first time my husband and I went to Europe together we flew wow airlines which I don't even think is a thing (laughs) anymore it's like super super discounted but if you brought any luggage it was really expensive so Mm -hmm. for one month we each brought 11 pounds of luggage so yes, we were literally wearing everything we brought for the month. And it was in January and February. So we were like, like I had like fleece leggings, like one pair of jeans, yeah, layered up. So I only brought one pair of shoes for that whole trip. And I'm like, they lasted me until like the last three days. They kind of started bothering my feet. But I'm like, wow, I got lucky on that one because yeah, I would have had to, you know, find a different pair of boots because I'm like, this is, this is it. I only have this one shoe for this whole trip. So footwear is like the single most important thing when you travel, I swear. It's like, it will change the whole experience. And I'm just like, when we went back, I was like, cuteness out the window. Like, I don't care. I need to be able Mm -hmm. to walk miles every day, whatever is most comfortable. That's what we're going with. So dresses and sneakers is like a cute vibe in Europe, particularly because they walk so much. I'm like, these girls have it figured out. This is the only way to go. No heels, no flats, no slides, anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, what would you say is like the number one or the best piece of advice you would give to somebody wanting to live a more healthy and holistic lifestyle in general? The number one thing that I would say is just to be intentional about your approach. Mm. Now, with a lot of the people that I coach, a lot of the people that I talk with in my membership, what that really means is we have to kind of totally change your perspective on health. Mm. I don't want to speak to that as like, you know, everybody does because some people already have kind of this healthy filter. But I think just viewing health again as more than just what you eat and how you exercise, because that is really like how it has kind of been condensed down. Now, I do think Mm -hmm. that it's sort of changing and people are starting to understand like how your stress levels affect your health and how your relationships play into your health and all of that. But I think the first thing that you can do is just make sure that you're looking at health through the correct perspective, which is considering it from that holistic view of making sure that you're accounting for all these different things, not just what you eat and how you move your body. Um, And so I think once you can really start viewing that, it helps you just have a lot more awareness of where you're healthy and where you're not healthy. So like in our membership, the first thing that we encourage people to do is like this wheel of life assessment that we've created where it asks you a bunch of different questions and you literally score yourself in nine different areas and then kind of add them up to get this overall picture of like how you, how healthy you would consider yourself to be in these different areas. Once you have like a good awareness of where you're actually at, then you can start making a plan to move forward. And I always tell people like, just start small. Don't try to overhaul your whole life in like one day. Pick two or three habits in one area that you can start incorporating. Do that until it feels comfortable and then move from there. So really, I think like the two biggest downfalls that we see in like the health world is, you know, keeping a narrow focus and also trying to overhaul everything at once. It's like, no, consider it from a holistic perspective (laughs) and tiptoe your way towards these different things because it's going to be so much more sustainable. And I think people will be surprised by how much more quickly they'll change their life if you kind of go more slowly and intentionally because you'll actually Mm -hmm. stick with it and you'll notice the difference and then you'll be committed to sticking with it. So yeah, that would be my number one thing. That is so, so good. Starting small, recognizing, I wrote some things down again. This is, I have like a whole page full of notes from this uh, recording, but, and, and that health is a, it's more being healthy or our overall health is about so much more than just what we eat or how we move. There's a, Oh, that's really good. I hope you guys were all taking notes because this episode (laughs) has been so good. And again, like I said, it's so fun to talk about, you know, two topics that clearly you're extremely passionate about. Um, One that I'm passionate about and one that I'd like to be better at and learn more about. We're having grace for ourselves in this season of life. (laughs) Having a great perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it really is huge. I think people can be very hard on themselves about trying to be healthy. And it's like, no, you got to, it has to be joyful above Mm -hmm. all else. And that really is the biggest thing. Like, if you don't enjoy it, it's not going to work. Find a way to make it work for you. Enjoy the process. It's a much better approach. Yeah. And if you're starting anywhere, start small. You don't have to dive headfirst into the latest trend or like full on overhaul of any kind, like Mm -hmm. start small, 
just make some adjustments to your routine, like one by one. And soon enough, you'll find that your routine has all of these um, facets of like, you're just Mm -hmm. naturally making decisions that are better for you. Um, That's what I at least am taking from this and how I'm going to, you know, when we get off this, I'm going to like start thinking about what, um, what kind of small decisions in the day to day that I could be making um, Mm -hmm. that I know are going to compound over time and make a real difference in how I feel um, one, but then like all the aspects, the holistic um, Mm -hmm. aspect of like just who I am and in my health. So I'm, this has been a really wonderful episode recording. Like I'm really excited about this one. Um, Because I feel like, and this happens, I mean, this happens often if I'm honest, but like, I feel like I have immediate takeaways, which is always really great because I know I get Mm -hmm. to, obviously we're recording this before it comes out. So by the time it comes out, who knows what routines I may have um, updated or established since since talking to you. So that's really fun. And like the excitement that you have right now is like what I love so much for people to (laughs) discover is that like, it should be exciting. Like you should be looking forward to the opportunity Mm. to make these changes. Whereas I think a lot of people have this very sort of like exercise as a punishment and eating clean as a sacrifice. And it's like, no, this is really an opportunity Mm. to cultivate a lifestyle that's going to serve you well long-term. And so I think that's the other thing I encourage people to consider is like, don't do what I do. Don't do what Mm. someone else does. Like do what works for you. For someone else, never eating dairy again might be the best thing for them. If that stresses you out, leave it behind. Like that's, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think for a long time, I also held myself to like, I have to commit to like every single standard and it never felt fun. But now Mm. when I'm like, I don't eat that because I will feel ill afterwards. It's like, that's an easier conversation than like, I shouldn't, or I can't, you know? So I think, yeah, having like finding ways to be like, this is fun. I get to create what's going to work for me and it's going to serve me long-term. It totally changes the whole entire process. And as a coach, that's like my favorite thing. Like when I get to coach people and watch that light bulb moment where they're like, wait, I like this better than what I did before. And I'm healthier. I'm losing weight, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's the goal is that like, it will serve you that. so well. Oh man. What a great episode. I was really excited before we hit record, even before you and I hopped on to just chat beforehand, but like, yeah. this has been really, really awesome, but we're not done yet. I have three more questions to ask you okay. really quick. I am ready. <laughs> so knowing what you know now at 26, what would you tell yourself at age 20? Oh my gosh, everything that I'm talking about in this podcast (laughs) is like it. Because again, like I, I mean, that was really at a time where I was dealing with a lot of health issues. I just had such a poor relationship with my body. Mm -hmm. My confidence was like garbage. And a lot of it came from the fact that I put so much of my worth and my value into what I looked like. So by association, so much of my focus was on what I ate and how I moved my body. Mm -hmm. And so even once I figured out some of those health issues and started to kind of like lose weight and have more energy and everything, I still was like, so unhappy. And I think if I had just been able to look at myself at 20 and be like, <laughs> look bigger, like the world is so much more mm. than just like what you look like, how you eat, all of that stuff, like change your perspective. I think I would have had a lot more joy in that season of my mm-hmm. life. Um, and I think I would have been a lot healthier too. Like yeah. I just wish that I could have known that it there was a different way to approach my health than mm. what I had kind of always been told by like popular culture. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because I'm like, this changed everything. Everybody needs to know this because yeah. the world is kind of failing us in a lot of ways when it comes to this information. And I definitely didn't know any of this when I was 20. So I'm thankful to know yeah. it now. Every time I like ask this question of guests, I think how I would answer it. And I feel like the answer changes mm-hmm. every time because truly there are so many things I would tell myself oh, yeah. <laughs> at age 20, because yeah, you're, I, I love what you said about like thinking bigger, like looking mm-hmm. outside of just, just, yeah, kind of like taking off the blinders and seeing everything else that's going on because the world is so much bigger and there's so much more going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of alleviates the pressure off of the things that, and this is true no matter what age you are, it alleviates some of that pressure, that stress on that one thing you've been focusing on um, when you start to consider everything else in your world, but then in the world at large. Absolutely. That's solid advice. Whether you're 20 or 40, or 80. Good advice. Gotta do it. Yes. Look (laughs) outside of yourself. Look bigger. I think it really is so, so important. That's awesome. Okay. Well, this podcast is called Wild Hearts with Janine. So in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this and like in regard to kind of what you said to the top, your, um, the name of your podcast and everything. And a few weeks ago, I was doing this little exercise where I was writing out values Mm -hmm. and I wrote down adventure. And then I was like, actually, 
it's courage that I really value and admire. And I think mm-hmm. to me that connects to the idea of a wild heart because people can view wild heart as like the kind of the more traditional definition of like traveling, moving around. I'm very free spirited and outgoing and all of that. But I think really a wild heart is someone who like pushes themselves outside of their comfort zone, who leans in to courage and like is just kind of unafraid yeah. or at least pushes through the fear of the unknown and the different. Because I know people who maybe have never left their hometown but they're starting incredible mm-hmm. businesses. And to me, that requires a wild heart because you have to have a level of passion and excitement and like courage that yeah. I think just anything big and exciting that comes requires courage. And so that to me would really be the definition because like the the past season for me, I've been living in the same place, but I've been working so hard on building out this business and it has challenged me so much more than travel ever has. <laughs> um, and so I feel like it's still kind of speaking to that part of me that craves adventure and and to try different mm-hmm. things, even though it's not in like the traditional lifestyle that you might attach to a wild mm-hmm. heart. When I was traveling um, in that season, I got a lot of like, you're so brave to do this on mm-hmm. your own. Like you have so much courage. And it was interesting because in the moment I didn't feel that way at yeah. all. I just felt compelled to do it. So mm-hmm. I did it, even though it was scary. And I think that that is what courage is oftentimes is just saying yes anyway. Um, and that's also what faith is. Like, I feel like they're so, they work in tandem so often, um, if not always, (laughs) um, but yeah, just, you know, choosing to trust and have faith and go after the things that you, um, feel called to, or that, you know, have been placed on your heart or that you're being nudged toward. Um, even when there's a little bit of risk involved, just saying yes anyway. Um, yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm. I love that definition. Yeah, that's so good. Well, Danica, this has been such a fun conversation. I have really loved getting to chat with you. Um, I think it's just a bonus that we recorded it so that other people can hear it. Because honestly, <laughs> it feels like this was for me. <laughs> I love it. No, this has been so fun. Um, but I want to make sure everyone knows where they can find you, where they can learn more about Stand Unshaken, all those sorts of things. So tell everyone yeah. where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest places that we are is on YouTube, Instagram, and then our website. So everything is just Stand Unshaken, awesome. except Instagram is I Stand Unshaken because, of course, the Stand Unshaken handle was taken. So you got to be a little bit flexible. But yeah, it's just Stand Unshaken on YouTube, StandUnshaken.com, and I Stand Unshaken on Instagram. Perfect. And I will link all of those in the show notes for you guys. Make sure to go give her a follow and let her know that you tuned in to this episode. Uh, Denica, this has been so great. Thank you again for joining me. I can't wait for everyone to hear um, your story and your heart. And um, yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that this conversation has encouraged you to step out confidently and say yes to the things that God has for you. Hey, while I've got your attention, I would absolutely love it if you went to Apple Podcasts and rated, reviewed, and subscribed to Wild Hearts with Janine. It would mean so much to me. All right, I will see you guys back here when the next new episode drops, when I'll be sitting down with another great guest to talk about another wild-hearted topic. But until then, you guys, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.